Hey, everybody. On today's episode of Still to be Determined, we're going to be talking about what you can finally do with all those cans that have been sitting in your garage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're talking about recent developments in aluminum batteries. We're also going to be talking about other battery technology, which utilizes more plentifully available ingredients as opposed to lithium. So it could find a foothold if it can be made to work efficiently and cheaply. But we'll talk about that in a minute. As usual, I'm Sean Farrell. You are listening to Still To Be Determined, the follow-up podcast that follows on the heels of Undecided with Matt Farrell, which can only mean one thing. I'm sitting here with Matt Farrell. That's <laughs> right, everybody. Right. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. I'm here. <laughs> Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. Ate way too much food on Thanksgiving and uh, went into a food coma for what felt like two days. Yeah. How about, how about you? Yeah, I to everybody in our audience who celebrated Thanksgiving, we hope you had a pleasant one. We hope it was happy and healthy and that family and friends remain so as well. And I join you in the, I have been eating like a garbage disposal for about a week. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> and I feel like it's even bones and the nubs of the Brussels sprout that you chop off before you roast them. I feel like anything that passes by my mouth, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I feel and, like an anime character where my mouth just got big and I'm just like, yeah, pushing it all yeah. In. <laughs> it's like I fit my mouth over the end of the table and I just tilted the table up. And so everything went in. And last yep. night I was lying in bed at the, it was around three o'clock and I was lying there just listening to my stomach sound like it was a nightclub playing techno music. So I had a lot of sound like dubstep. And I swore to myself, like tomorrow, tomorrow you begin to fast tomorrow. You let yes. your digestion cool down so that you can gear up for what will be a repeat at Christmas. So that's right. So if anybody else is out there in the same boat, if you've got a remedy, drop it in the comments. And I'm not joking. Like if you've got that remedy, that's just like, Hey, if you just drink a bottle of Sprite, you'll feel fine. Drop it in the comments. Let us know how you cure the post Thanksgiving. Oh God. What did I do? <laughs> what have I done? What did I do? I don't remember yeah. eating concrete. As I said at the top of the show, we are going to be talking about Matt's most recent episode. Before we get into that, I'd like to share comments on our previous episode. This would be from episode 144, Gone Fusion, which included a conversation around breakthroughs in fusion technology, as well as Matt's long-form interview with David Kirtley talking about fusion technology. And I... Didn't pull a single comment from the episode because all of the comments were effectively more of this, please more of mm -hmm. the long form interviews. People really, really liked it. There were lots of comments saying when you get somebody with this kind of knowledge that Mr. Kirtley has, and you just give them the opportunity to talk and you give them good questions and let them just clear the air about what they're doing and how and where they are hoping to get. That's all, yep. that's all the audience really wants. And so it was a big thumbs up from everybody saying like more of this, this is great. I did want to share this one comment though, from old gamer noob gamer has dropped into our comments previously. 
an old gamer noob dropped by to say this. The image of a long generator with pulses repeatedly moving through it reminds me of Star Trek. Yes. Yes, gamer. <laughs> we does. agree. Everything about that conversation, the fusion conversation, fusion energy itself does sound very Star Trek. And let us take an opportunity here to drop right, right now into this conversation. I don't know if our audience here is all too familiar or not, but we do have a second podcast, which is called Trek in Time, and you can find it here on YouTube. You can also find it on any of the podcast platforms where you might have found this podcast. And in Trek in Time, what we do is we talk about Star Trek, but we do it a little differently. We're talking about it in chronological order of within the Star Trek universe. So we started with Enterprise and we're currently finishing the third season and we're starting the fourth. And we yep. also talk about what the world was like at the time of the original broadcast. So as we talk about the episodes, we also talk about news and current events from the era of the original broadcast. So we've been talking about 2004, which means we've been talking a lot about things like the Iraq war Enron scandals and presidential races involving Mr. Bush and Kerry, as well as other news from around the world, including what other television shows, what other movies, what music was being listened to, watched at the time. So if anybody's interested in Star Trek, please drop in on Trek in Time and check it out. It is, yep. as Matt and I have consistently tried to frame <laughs> it, evergreen. You can drop in yes. and watch any Anytime. episode after watching the companion show that we are talking about. Or if you want to go all the way back to the beginning and try to catch up, as some of our listeners have recently shared they did, we welcome you to try to do that. It's going to take us like 30 years to go through all the shows. <laughs> yes, and considering they're continually <laughs> making new episodes, the logistics yep. of how we're going to manage this have been getting a little tricky, but I think we'll be okay. Complicated. Yeah. Yep. So I hope you'll join us for that and enjoy it for the next 30 years when Matt and I are both in our 80s and saying, well, back in my day, it's <laughs> Star Trek was actually a television program, not a hologram. But on to our conversations. <laughs> but on to our conversations on Matt's most recent episode. This is the episode, Can This Metal Really Beat the Lithium Battery? Which sounds like Matt is inviting people to use metal to pummel a lithium battery. But in fact, no, <laughs> he was talking about an ingredient which might be a competitor with lithium. And this episode dropped on November 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. And Matt, the metal you were talking about was, of course, aluminum. 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 Yep. Or aluminum if you live in Europe. Aluminum if you, <laughs> if you like to let uh, Google Docs autocorrect your typing. And it will throw in the aluminum for you when you use the Americanized aluminum. That's right. But the discussion around this one, you focus on the aluminum side, of course. Mm -hmm. There is also sulfur is another point that is brought up where there is an MIT battery development, which includes sulfur. And there is also yep. molten salts, which are used yep. as the conductive uh, medium in these batteries. 
So this is across the board, moving away from some of the more expensive and rare earth metals that are used in the lithium batteries. The plentiful nature of this is demonstrated by the pricing, which you share at one point, the cost of lithium, the yeah. cost of manganese, the cost of cobalt. And then here comes little aluminum, which is, yeah. I mean, dirt not to brag, but I got a bunch of it upstairs in a recycling bag. So that's right. <laughs> if you need some, you just let me know. But graphene is also in the conversation. So I'm curious about graphene production. The company that you were talking to about that mm -hmm. in, in your interview, are they in fact making their own graphene or are they getting yes. it from somewhere else? Yeah, the graphene manufacturing group specializes in making graphene. That's one of their things that they do. Mm -hmm. And they're also very hush hush about sharing certain aspects of what they're doing with their graphene, like how they make it, how much it costs to make. I tried to find out how much it costs for them to make their graphene. And I would just get mm -hmm. the response of this battery will be cost competitive. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> could you give me a little more details about that? And they wouldn't, I understand it probably because it is probably like if they gave the, the cost, it'd be like, whoa, that's expensive, but they probably don't need much of it. But yes, they do make their own graphene. Mm -hmm. That's their kind of thing. And when you say it's cost competitive, what are some of those costs? Just if you are the, aware the, of the price of various types of batteries, what would those prices be? When they say that they're comparing it to like the most popular, like lithium ion batteries, like a nickel manganese cobalt battery. Like if it costs, you know, a hundred dollars per kilowatt hour, whatever the cost is, they're basically saying they can probably hit that same range of prices so that they will have a battery that can be cost competitive to the most popular batteries that are on the market right now mm -hmm. is what they're saying that whether they can actually deliver on that or not, we're going to wait and see over the next year or two, but that's their, their target is to be cost competitive with most popular batteries on the market. And that, that goal of being cost competitive, how does that translate into size of battery or hours of power production or power release? Um, because that, I know that yeah. in the video you talked about the ions, there are three ions in the aluminum side as opposed to the lithium mm -hmm. side. So does that mean you'd potentially have your cost is on par with lithium, but the size of the battery is one third as much mm -hmm. or that it has three times the lifespan or three times the charging speed? How does that translate? Yeah. It, 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 it's the battery that they had showcased, I think it was like a year ago, they had about 150, I think it was watt hours. So basically it was half the density of a typical lithium ion battery is basically what it was. Mm -hmm. And they just recently announced in the recent months that they've now achieved something around 300, which is very close to standard lithium ion batteries. So right now for energy density, they're basically on par with a lithium ion battery using that one ion of the aluminum. Right. So they've, they've achieved basically rough parity, but it does take up a little more volume. So these batteries are going to be a little bit bigger than a lithium ion battery, but you can still get the same number of watt hours, essentially in the energy density of the battery itself. So it's, 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 once again, it comes back to, they are building a competitive battery that can stand up to the most popular lithium ion batteries right now. And in the comments, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a bunch of people that brought up things about getting, using those additional ions gets extremely challenging mm -hmm. and yes it does 
And so whether they can actually use those is still a gigantic question mark. But even if they don't, what they have right now is a very competitive battery. But where the real game changer is, is it works kind of like a capacitor. It's almost like a super battery because of how fast it can charge. Right now, the lithium-ion battery, the limiting factor is the cable <laughs> you're putting between the wall, like the, the grid right. and your battery, is the limiting factor for the the aluminum batteries because they can charge so fast. It's like you'd melt. Like Imagine putting one of these into your phone and you're trying to charge it at its fastest rate and you put your little wire battery, your wire in, the wire would just melt yeah. because it would too much power be going through. So we'd so be looking like at a future where we might, we might have charging cords that look a little bit more like what you put into a laptop as opposed to what we put into a phone. Or, or it, but there's also the question of like, well, how fast is fast enough? It's like, how, <laughs> how fast do you really have to make it? So it's like, if, if you double the thickness of, if you just increase the gauge of the, and you can cut the charging time in half, that may be the perfect user experience that you need, even though it's still not maxing out the, the possibility of the battery. So. For me, there's that, and then there also is the longevity. These batteries will last much longer than a typical like nickel, manganese, cobalt battery. So you get faster charging, much longer lifespan, and right now they're basically roughly on par for energy density with lithium ion. So even though they're not taking advantage of those two extra ions, it's like it almost doesn't matter. Right. It's like if they can deliver the, what they're already making today, it's going to be a very competitive experience depending on what your needs are for your battery. You asked the question, how fast is fast enough? I think based on my <laughs> understanding of what people enjoy, yeah, I think people would want to be able to experience charging as if charging is not even taking place. I think that mm -hmm. ultimately is the goal. I think people want to be able to walk around with their phone and casually put it down somewhere and have it be charging without their having to be conscious of having charged it. So I think that right. is the goal. And so when you ask that question, how fast is fast enough? I think instantaneous is ultimately the goal for a lot of people. <laughs> and then, and then durability for me, I'm okay with charging over a period of several hours. I don't have a problem with that. It's easy enough for me to build that into my day or at night. But for me, it's the longevity issue and feeling like yes. I would like to have a phone. I'm not a person who runs out and gets a new model every year. I would personally like to have a have, to buy a phone and have it last for five years before, yes. you know, I need, before I feel the need to like, Oh, let's see what the newest models are. So it's always battery life that drives me to the store to get a new phone. And I know that I'm getting there when I reach that point where I'm having to charge my phone twice a day. So it's like when mm -hmm. I hit that point, like it's always the battery, it's always the battery and they build the phones. So swapping out the battery isn't technically at a certain point, the best bang for your buck. So, you know, that, that yeah, is, that is the model that I'm looking forward to the idea of, okay, this is not just about speed, but longevity, I think is a key for me that's where I'm at too. It's like, for me, it's not necessarily how fast it charges is how long it will last. Like for my EV, if you really want to try to charge a car in a way where it's going to limit the degradation, you want to be bouncing between that 20% charge to 80% charge. You don't want to take it down to zero and you don't want to take it up to a hundred mm -hmm. to try to reduce how much the battery will degrade over time. Same thing with your phone and the way we all live with our phones. We don't do that. 
Like yeah. we will charge that sucker to 100 percent and leave it plugged in overnight. And like we're doing stuff to our batteries that really increases the degradation. So your phone after a year and a half is, well, this doesn't last as long. Stupid battery. They're trying to make me buy new phones. It's like, no, we're actually living with our phones in a horrible way. And yeah. these batteries are just it's just the, the battery. You have something like this kind of battery. You're not going to experience that degradation. The, the battery will last you five years and it may degrade a very small amount and you wouldn't even notice it. So you could basically abuse the hell out of how you're charging and using it and not worry about what it's going to do to the battery itself. Right. That to me is the biggest user experience benefit. Yeah. And I think that if there's one thing that most people can agree on, it's that we really want to abuse our technologies. That's right. (laughs) So in looking at this as a, okay, all things being equal, let's say Mm -hmm. the aluminum battery technology hits a point where they're like, this is it. This is what we can do. And it's basically identical to the lithium battery Mm -hmm. in your position. Does it still sound like an overall gain to switch over technologies to using aluminum batteries as opposed to lithium? If they're identical (laughs) in power density, life, like all of those things, would you say like, yeah, it still makes sense to start going toward aluminum? There's the, <laughs> there's two hats you can wear. There's the, I'm the businessman hat. And then there's the, I'm just the average Joe on the street hat. Average Joe on the street hat. It's like, yeah, it makes perfect sense to switch over to something like aluminum. If you can get it to basically be completely comparable. Cause it's most likely going to be cheaper in the long run because of aluminum. But at the same time for the businessman hat, it's like, why am I going to go through all the effort of spinning up new plants to manufacture these batteries or have to find new suppliers? And there's going to be all this operational costs and OPEX expenses that I'm going to have to do to switch over to this new thing when I can just keep doing this nickel manganese cobalt battery over here that we're doing and it's cheap enough. It's the same. Eh. It's like, I think companies are going to be need to see that demonstrable gain in cost savings for them yep. to switch where from users, we're going to be like, please switch because we want batteries to last for five years and not have to worry about it. Right. So I think there's, there's going to be kind of two warring factions, <laughs> depending on where you are yeah. in the user experience cycle. I think that there's also, there's value in making the argument around ethics and, yeah. and impact lithium, the, the way mm-hmm. it is, it is the places where it is plentiful the human rights issues around mining some of these materials like cobalt. I mm-hmm. think that there's a strong ethical argument to be made. If a company were to switch and make the switch, not about, well, it's better, but to make the marketing, we're doing what's right. And look at how we're using something that is very, very plentiful. And we often have lots of question marks of what do we do with all the materials we claim we're recycling? when we don't mm-hmm. have enough use for all those materials. And this would be a, I think that would be a marketing win to be able to say to yeah. the public, look, yes, it's one-to-one. It's not better across the board in any measurable way, but it does have an impact on what we are doing with our waste. And it has an impact on who is doing the work of gathering this stuff. So yeah, that's just my take. Like, like you said, there's the businessman hat and then there's the Joe on the street and that's my Joe on the street take. Yep. I also wanted to share some of these comments that were on the video. As Matt mentioned, there was a lot of people saying like they've been excitedly looking forward to changes like this, like this one 
from Nick who wrote, I've been waiting for this moment ever since I first learned of the potentials of using graphene tech in 2013. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see that there's tangible progress. Lithium is merely another stepping stone to humanity reaching a true neutral negative carbon footprint. Would you agree that that's what lithium is? Or do you think that lithium is going to hold on as we've talked about in the past? It's not one tool for every job. Do you think like, yes, aluminum is potentially, if it does everything it wants to do, it can do all these different things. But do you still think there's going to be that lithium battery or lithium usage still in demand? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there are batteries that are in a similar state of production to this that are like lithium metal batteries that have insane, <laughs> insane charging cycles, insane ch battery life, energy density, like the whole thing. So I think lithium still has a, f a future ahead of it. But what's exciting to me is when you ha add batteries like this into the mix, it's like, okay, we don't have to look at lithium to solve all of our battery needs from an iPhone all the way up to an EV and then to the grid storage. It's like, well, we could use lithium in the this EV, but then we could use aluminum in this phone and we could use this other type of battery in grid. So it's like the more options we have, we can use the right tool for the right job for cost, efficiency, performance, all those kind of things, which reduces how much lithium overall that we need in the market. Right. And then on top of it, you have battery recycling projects. So it's like, I don't think lithium is going to go away in the next decade. I don't think it's going to go away in the next 20 years. I think it's going to be with us for a very long time, but it's going to become, I think it's King status is going to start to diminish because there's going to be more options that are right. going to roll in. And when you have more options, there's this comment from David who wrote, I hope that this aluminum ion or the aluminum sulfur batteries work out. It will move the ability to buy an EV into the realm of the average family. Yep. And there's that side of it, which is, yeah, lowering the overall cost of an EV by however many thousands of dollars is going to have tremendous impact on the market and the demand of that for the average American family and worldwide. Yep. But it also has the impact of lowering the overall cost of the lithium batteries. So it, that competitor will lower those costs of all the other tech. So mm -hmm. that you end up driving down the costs of, oh, we still need to use lithium on this battery over here for this battery that is used for building or network storage as opposed to cell phone or car. Exactly. But you end up with overall across the board, those prices dropping as you have more competitors. And that's what I think is also potentially going to be a huge part of this. Yep. There was also this from Andreas Brami who wrote, this sounds too promising. The hotter the battery gets, the faster it can charge. That sounds crazy. I'm looking forward to this company's development. So yeah, it really does sound like head scratchingly. It's counterintuitive. Too perfect. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the good news is when you plug this in, it starts to get hot as it charges. It's going to charge even faster then, and then it's done. There was a lot of skepticism I saw in the comments yeah. about this, which I totally get. I totally get the skepticism. For me, the part of the reason I get a little excited about this specific uh, battery is that it's very close to being rolled out to market. And so it's like, we're not going to have to wait very long to find out if it actually works as promised or not. So it's like, it's not something that's going to be eight years down the road. This is something that's a year or two from now, we're going to be able to know, did it work or didn't it? How well did it work? Do Are people actually starting to use this or not? So it's it's closer than you think, which is part of why I focused on this company. I'm curious, how did you match up with the 
gentleman that you spoke to in the video. I've had for several years now, numerous people say, hey, look at the graphene manufacturing group. Look at GMG, look at GMG. And I never, I have, I mean, I've looked into them, but I've never made a video on them. So it's been on my radar for a while. And I had a couple of people of, I, I did a, it was a graphene video I did a while back. And somebody once again said, please look into this company. So I, was, I finally kind of got off my butt and reached out to them and said, could you I lazy, talk lazy to man. Yeah. So I, I finally did it. It's been on my agenda to do for a long time. I just finally got around to it. Just kind of big picture take on the state of your channel. This is mm -hmm. from Jack who writes, Hey, longtime viewer here. I wonder if you'd ever consider making a sort of a year end roundup. I know year end listicles <laughs> can seem a bit superficial and clickbaity, but I'd love to see an overview of what progress has been made this year and what were some of the bigger breakthroughs. So there's a suggestion from a viewer of something they would like yeah. to see. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have something brewing similar to that? I, I actually did have that on my agenda for this year. I was going to do it for New Year's Day and then had to shelve it because life. <laughs> life, life gets in the way. Things got very, yeah, it got very complicated. So I had to shelve that idea, but I do want to do that. I do want to revisit older topics again and again and again, see how to update people on how those companies are doing or not doing in some cases. So I want to do that. It's just a matter of when. But yeah, yeah, for Matt's channel and for this channel, we've had a number of episodes which have focused on the steps Matt is taking to build his own home. And of course, regular viewers and regular listeners will know the the goal being uh, net zero impact and high energy efficiency and all of those developments have taken a lot of focus and a lot of energy on his <laughs> side. What hasn't really yeah. come up in the conversations on his channel or in this conversation are the fact that he and I have also been trying to long distance help our parents move from yes. Rochester, New York to Matt's neck of the woods in yep. Western mass. And believe you me, it's not as much fun <laughs> as it sounds. No. <laughs> And when it comes to Matt's channel about tech and its impact on our lives, the kinds of conversations that we would be having around getting our parents to figure out how to use text messaging yeah. doesn't make for an interesting <laughs> episode, but there is no. enough conversation there for an episode if he were to ever do it. So oh, man. when Matt says life gets in the way, it's not only his life, but sometimes it's the life of the two people who gave birth to us. Yeah, that's right. Finally, I wanted to end on this one, which is roughly also where we began. This one's from Joe Poe, who writes, I feel much better knowing all the beer cans in my garage are advancing aluminum battery storage <laughs> technology. I will continue to help yes. save the environment one IPA at a time. Joe Poe, yes. you're doing God's work. Thank you so yes. much for God what speed, you do. Godspeed. God <laughs> so listeners curious. What are your thoughts about all of this? I'm not too surprised that some people in the comments are jumping in saying this sounds a little too good to be true, but this yeah. is not a fly by night company. This is not a company that is trying to string people along. This is a company that has been around for a while. They do one thing. My understanding is GMG makes graphene for other people. That is like mm -hmm. their bread mm -hmm. and butter. So the developments that they're doing all this, this is research and development that they're doing 
in parallel to the main focus of their company. So this is not a couple of scam artists who are trying to get a hold of anything from, from people. But let us know what you think. Jump into the comments. Don't forget, if you'd like to support the show, please consider reviewing us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it was you found this. That also includes YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to share us with your friends. All of those things really help us. If you'd like to more directly support us, you can click the join button on YouTube or you can go to stilltbd.fm, click on the become a supporter button there. Both those ways allow you to throw coins at our heads. We get welts, we get bruises, sometimes we get cuts. We're only human, <laughs> but damn it, we appreciate each and every wound. Taking any or all of the steps listed above, well, all of those things help the channel. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening and commenting, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>